0: Truth Jihad Radio is 100% crowdfunded and therefore fearless and independent. Please help us stay that way. You can subscribe at my Substack, that's kevinbarrett.substack.com. Or you could send a one time PayPal donation to Truth Jihad at gmail.com.
1: Stay inside, don't drink or eat
0: anything. These are important questions. I understand that. Highest moment the last eight years.
1: Hmm. Highest moment the last eight years. Well, I think that the most important, the most compelling was 9 uh, 11 itself.
0: Welcome to the live edition of Truth Jihad Radio, our first ever live broadcast from Dia Morocco. I'm Kevin Barrett, having moved from the old ice cream trailer in the woods near Lone Rock, Wisconsin, to a whole new environment here on the shore of the Mediterranean, where it is sweltering hot. I'm uh, sweating like a proverbial pig, which is not how you want to sweat when you're in a Muslim country. It's disgusting enough to my wife when I sweat like a human being but if I tell her I'm sweating like a pig, she will uh, be thoroughly disgusted, repulsed, and probably turn and run in the opposite direction. But unfortunately, it's the truth, and this is Truth Jihad Radio, so I have to admit it. I'm in an attic room. Well, it's actually on the stut. The stut is the name for the Moroccan rooftop. We've got a room up here on the rooftop. It's now my Stupdio, not the studio, it's the studio. And it's really hot up here, and it's kind of echoey. And I tried to reduce the echo by putting foam all over the place. I went out and bought tons of strips of foam. And they won't stick to the walls because the walls are made out of concrete block. And I tried nailing into that, and it didn't work. And then I realized it was blocked. So they're kind of strewn around haphazardly. And it's lucky that you can't see me. It's lucky that this is radio because, of course, video killed the radio star. And it would definitely kill me if I were broadcasting in video. But I'm not. So anyway, let's get into it tonight. Second hour guest is John Waters from Dublin, Ireland. John Waters is a formerly mainstream big-time Irish journalist and columnist. I think he wrote for the biggest papers and magazines in Ireland. And he started telling too much truth, especially during the scandemic. So he has been consigned to the really good radio shows like this one. And we'll be talking about his new article, Trust the Experts is the virus. Okay, first hour, I'm really happy to be bringing back one of my heroes, Jimmy Walter. You know, there's that saying, put your money where your mouth is, and it seems like hardly anybody with money actually spent very much on 9-11 truth except for Jimmy, which is probably the biggest single reason that we weren't able to fulfill the possibilities of the 9-11 truth movement, which could have made the USA and the world massively better. Didn't happen, Jimmy Walter did his best. He uh, what did he do? He put full, full page ads in the New York Times and and uh, I think Washington Post. He distributed over a quarter of a million copies of "Confronting the Evidence," one of the best nine eleven truth TVDs. And for his troubles, he was run out of the country by a bunch of criminals who gave him death threats, uh, vandalized his property, and he's been living in Vienna, Austria, since the beginning of two thousand five. He self exiled. And since I just followed him into self exile, I thought it would be a good time to check in with Jimmy. So let's check in and make sure he's on the line. Hey, Jimmy Walter,
1: are you there? Hey, Kevin, great to be here with you again.
0: It's good to have you back, Jimmy. All right, yeah, you, I enjoy your uh, your communications. I get your emails every now and then; they're always very much apropos. Latest one was about the. Crazy state of the American political system, which has gone from worse to even worse, if that's possible, <laughs> over the past few <laughs> decades. I mean, where, where do you even begin to talk about what's gone wrong with the United States?
1: Well, it, it's systemic. I mean, the <clears throat> okay. I was a little naive. I should have gotten a cue from JFK, RFK, MLK, Gulf of Tonk, and yada 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 uh, that. We weren't going to be able to stop this, and and I, I liked your comment about uh, um, sort of alluding the fact that if people had listened to us about nine eleven, we probably wouldn't be in this mess in the Ukraine right now. Not to mention the COVID and the uh, uh, coming climate lockdowns. It looks like from uh, 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 our fearless leader Biden.
0: Yeah, so do you think the neocons in particular were the leading force not only behind 9 11, but also COVID and the war on Russia through Ukraine? Uh,
1: Okay. Definitely the war on Ukraine, okay? Because Victoria Nuland was the architect of 2014 and uh, right behind building up the NATO. Of forces in Ukraine, calling them Ukrainian, and uh, but COVID. <clears throat> my my feelings are that the neocons are like a subset of the uh, World Economic Forum, uh, uh, Schwartz and these people, and and Gates, uh, who want and the King of England now who want a reduction in the world population and uh it it's like a perfect storm uh where they've destroyed the economy of Germany already uh, they're destroying the news in the United States is very upbeat but uh i don't believe the government figures i think inflation is much worse than it is uh they they fudge the figures like they do on the climate and <clears throat> i i think that we're 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 going into a perfect storm of of, of political—we're already in the middle of a propaganda storm and calling up—they've taken freedom of speech and said, well, if it's misinformation, it's not free speech. (laughs) Give me a break. Uh, I'm sure the king of England thought everything the colonists said was misinformation. Well, the whole, but, uh, yeah, the, the whole
0: misinformation issue is interesting because, of course, the establishment that's censoring people is putting out more than its share of misinformation. You know, Robert Malone, you, you just mentioned depopulation, and I used to think that was a, one of the crazier, probably not true conspiracy theories, but I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, and Robert Malone recently had a conversation with, I think it was was a chat GPI, whatever, one of those big chat butts, and he said, "Is this an authentic quote?" And then he gave it a quote uh, from a forum. Uh, I forget which which forum it was, but it was it was one of those uh, big time uh, movers and shakers events from about 12 years ago. And the quote was basically, "Yeah, we've got to find a way to reduce population." And the well, chatbot Ga- said, Gates, "No, it's in Gates on the-
1: has been yeah. Gates has said that for quite a while. Right, right, oh, right. I'm so, sorry. so anyway,
0: the, the chat chatbot." Lied and said, "No, that's not a quote from from that that event. It's not an authentic quote." And after he Malone had to try like five times before it finally admitted, "Oops, I'm very sorry. It really is an authentic quote." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the misinformation issue is is interesting because again, it's obvious that you know not only does the establishment lie, but they're even programming their AI chatbots to lie and lie and lie until finally they, they give up on you know you have to keep asking them over and over and over before they finally admit the truth.
1: Well. Uh, this whole AI thing, you know, I don't think AI is going to independently decide to wipe out human beings, but they can certainly program the AI to do that. (laughs) And and it's not so much the... I mean, AI, all computer programs are AI. Come on. Uh, It's whatever they program it to do that happens. And the, the other thing that scares me it's this is Boston Robotics. Uh, they just recently had a, a video out, uh, trying to cutify their robots by, uh, dancing to a song called, Do You Love Me? Now that I Can Dance. And, and, you know, it's like Robocop. Uh, although they've also dumbed down the military s- to such a point. That uh, the the people in the military aren't very smart, and they just follow orders, and they pick them, pick the ones that do. Well, so, yeah. uh, uh, I I think that uh, they have a, a the World Economic Forum. I've seen people there who've said we have to reduce the population. So it, it, it it's coming. Uh, and, and, uh, the other, what's the other one, the World Economic Forum? You will have nothing and be happy. Yeah, you'll own, own uh, nothing and be happy,
0: yeah.
1: Own, own nothing. You, you will own nothing and be happy. And, and they're already AI, uh, for information processing. In other words, right now you call, you log on to your insurance company or, uh, whatever company and you do all the stuff online. Uh, And that eliminates the uh, people that were doing that, even the people in India. Uh, We have, uh, uh, on top of that, we've got uh, the uh, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, They're not going to give up their cash cow. They're they're already working on another uh, uh, virus and and vaccine. There's a company in uh, England, that says, "Oh, well, we're we're getting ready for the next pandemic, and we're uh, looking at how they could weaponize uh, bird flu, which I think was already a a, a manufactured one." And, and uh, uh, <clears throat> they're doing the same thing that U- University of North Carolina and Wuhan did. Uh, they they have to have a cure. They have to have something to test it on. So they have to create the weaponized one first before they can test their vaccines. And the whole vaccines themselves, look at all the people, the, the young kids with mycardiosis. And, and, uh, it's not going away. Uh, uh, two, there's the global warming scam. And, uh, you Germany, you know, even before the Ukraine war, Germany and France, well, not France so much because they go have nuclear, but Germany and England in particular hamstrung themselves. Uh, there, the industries are leaving because they can't get electricity. They can't get power. Uh, now I also watch, uh, uh, Judge Napolitano and he has Alistair Crook on all the time. And he, Alistair says, he, he lives in Europe. He says that <clears throat> the tide is rising against. Ukraine, and the tide is rising against the green thing because people want jobs. People want uh, nice things. Uh, Biden is saying, well, you can't turn your air conditioner on in the summer and during the day and can't eat meat. Uh, There's going to be a backlash, and this is what I fear, that they're either going to use a false flag nuclear or they're going to use this climate emergency to impose draconian uh, restrictions on <clears throat> on energy and what you can do and what you can eat, and because it will be like a martial law, you won't have any uh, recourse. Uh, <clears throat> I don't like Trump, but Trump has been screwed, uh, and he had, I, unfortunately Trump obstructed justice in the documents in Miami. I think the January 6th thing, I I read, uh, watched Grinwald on the latest January 6th, and that's not going to fly. And the uh, documents, so many other presidents have done it. I don't think that's going to fly. But Trump instructed his employees to move documents around, lied to the FBI. I think one of his employees might have uh, deleted some videos. It's like Roger Stone. They didn't get Roger Stone for the things they went after him for. They got Roger Stone for lying.
0: It's not the crime, it's <laughs> the cover-up.
1: It's correct. You've got to hit the nail on the head. And, and that is going to be Trump's biggest problem. But it's become so polarized. I mean, even if he's legally guilty, his minions are not going to buy it. I, I mean... Uh, <clears throat> They're not lawyers. Well, well, uh, well Jimmy, it's, it,
0: as you mentioned, you know, that, okay, so here's this one case where they may, might get him on the cover-up, not the crime. Like you said, taking right. home documents is something every president has always done, and it's legally questionable about you know whether it's okay for him to do that or not. But So anyway, they may have gotten him on that particular cover-up aspect of what probably isn't even a crime in the first place. But of all of these other legal cases, as you said, they look so weak. I mean, the, the weakest one of all was probably that uh, that that rape civil trial where they had to uh, suspend the statute of limitations temporarily purely <laughs> so they could bring that one case. And that one case consisted of Jean Carroll saying that she couldn't remember which year Trump raped her, but she was sure that Trump did. And then Trump, of course, denies it. Not a shred of evidence, uh, just her word versus his. I mean, you know, these kinds of cases add up, and so you see so many weak cases against Trump. And maybe so there's one case that isn't so weak, but you know who's going to care at that point? All the voters are going to say it's obvious the establishment is lynching this guy.
1: well it, they are saying it, 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 it it's uh, like I said, the trump's I would not support Trump under any other circumstances, but if it's going to be Trump versus Biden, I support trump and yeah as as I, I'm reaching that ca- point too <laughs> and as far as the legal cases go. The only one is the obstruction of justice. Uh, Grenwald did a complete expose on this latest January 6th thing. And uh, I, I recommend your viewers, your listeners, go go to uh, YouTube and watch Grenwall on the latest January 6th charges. He completely exposed the whole case. And again, it's the same guy whose name escapes me right now, something like Clark, who also lost similar cases against other people. Uh, Trump is right. This has become like a banana republic where the and people in power uh, persecute uh, their opponents. Uh, <clears throat> two, and the third thing that gets me, which is not making the news, is the Green New Deal is anticipating warmer weather but in fact, we're entering a little ice age, and uh, well, it sure doesn't feel different. like that here in Morocco right now. Well, e- 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 climate is not weathered. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I'm joking, of course. But yeah, it's like a, it reached 105 yeah. degrees or something like that today Fahrenheit. So yeah, yeah anyway.
1: but that's for Morocco. Is not that unusual. Well, here in here in the here Mediterranean in Austria, coast, that's pretty hot. Yeah. Well. I haven't studied Morocco weather, so I'm not qualified to talk. But I live here in Vienna, and we're having a cold summer. Uh, The the jet stream is doing funny things, okay? So the jet stream is uh, pushing down here in in Europe right now, and so it's making it colder, but it's up in the United States, so it's making it hotter. But the uh, sunspot counts and all these other uh, indicators, I follow this... uh, Woman, uh, Valentina, and I can't say her last name. She's a, a Russian name. And I've been following her now for over 10 years. And she says that by 2030, this little ice age will be in full effect. And yet, all around the world, they're shutting down coal plants, except China. Uh, uh, they're shutting down uh, nuclear, nucle- well, they're reopening some of the nuclear plants. And uh, uh They're not going to have the energy. Germany was getting all this gas at dirt cheap prices from Russia. Now they don't. And and they're trying to replace it with liquefied natural gas from the United States, which is extremely more expensive. And they don't have the facilities to export and import it into Germany. So, uh, And then third is the inflation. The Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank are raising interest rates to uh, fight inflation. They say fight inflation means we want to put people out of work and small businesses bankrupt, and even some large ones, so that there's no demand. That's what when they mean when they say we're fighting inflation. Uh, uh, the reverse is not possible. By lower, you saw how long it took the economy economy to recover when they lowered interest rates to like negative. Uh, because people don't borrow money, businesses don't borrow money. People do businesses don't borrow money if they don't have sales. Uh, so in a recession, people are not buying, so the business people don't borrow. So it doesn't really matter what the interest rate is.
0: Uh, well, well, theor- theoretically, they they could create some demand, couldn't they? Uh, keeping you know by having the interest rate low enough uh, that basically encourages people to borrow, expanding the money supply. But it's true. If there's no way for that money to you know, trickle down into ma- the mainstream economy, then it doesn't do any good.
1: Well, the borrower, <laughs> the, the consumers, the uh, United States consumer card uh, credit card debt is at the highest ever, over a trillion dollars. And that is also a whammy because it creates uh, uh, <clears throat> expansion now, But that money has to be paid back. And if these guys don't have jobs, then the uh, debt doesn't get paid back, and the banks and uh, the loaning companies lose money. At any rate, so 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 that's one.
0: So is this deliberate, Jimmy? You you mentioned depopulation. And it sounds like you might think the elites have uh, sort of an ideology that says that the human population is putting too much stress on the ecosystems and so we need to reduce that population and we need to decrease their economic activity, which is, of course, you know, how they create the stress on the ecosystems. Right. I mean, there were environmentalists who were very happy about the way COVID uh, had yes. uh, tamped down on the global economy and they wanted more of that.
1: I was in the uh, hospital here in uh, Austria <clears throat> and uh, when the COVID thing came out and I showed the doctor the thing on ivermectin. And he just poo-pooed me and said, you know, we need to cut down the economy. This is a doctor working for the government in a hospital. He's going to keep his job. He doesn't care about everybody else. Uh, uh, the, The Greens want, exactly as you said, the economic situation to go bad. So there's less and less because they think that's somehow going to save the world. When in fact, the CO2 is making the earth greener. Uh, production is up in foods in, around the world because of the increased CO2, and, and, and CO2 has been much higher in the past, much higher in the past, and it did not create any runaway heat. In fact, if you look at the, all of the ice ages, <clears throat> you'll see that CO2 stayed high after the peak uh, temperature, even though the temperature was falling. So if CO2 controlled, that wouldn't have been possible. Uh, it, it's a scam. There's so many scams going on. Uh, well, well the, Jimmy, David, Jimmy, let me get,
0: let me just give you the devil's advocate perspective on that. Sure. Uh, because of course, I've had some I've had people on both sides of this issue on the show. David Ray Griffin was one who done you know he's done a lot of homework on a lot of issues like 9/11, and he wrote a very good, very alarmist book on climate change, basically saying it's even worse than the experts claim. And from the counter argument to what you've been saying about CO2 and its role in you know, keeping the Earth warm, et cetera, or making it warmer, is that the official, you know, the, the official science does not say that it's actually the CO2 that's doing the warming. What the CO2 is doing is unleashing the positive feedback loop, and in fact, it's the evaporation of water into the atmosphere that supposedly creates most of the warming. So the CO2 starts a little bit of a trend and then that's why there's a, a, it, the heat is a lagging indicator. The heat comes along much later after the CO2 has done a little bit of work and that little bit of raising the temperature has then caused more of the oceans to evaporate. So now there's more uh, water vapor in the atmosphere and that's what's doing most of the warming. And so that's one, the, the one point. The other point being of course that Yes, throughout most of the history of life on Earth, there's been a lot more carbon in the atmosphere and a lot more life. Life thrives on carbon in the atmosphere and life thrives on hot temperatures. So life has been very happy with much higher carbon levels than we currently have. So the problem with humans dumping a lot of carbon into the atmosphere and very quickly raising the amount of carbon in the atmosphere, it's not that we're going to get to levels that we've never seen before. That's not true. But the problem is it's happening so fast. In the past, these things happened at geologic timescales. So you had this sort of very gradual, you know, raising and lowering of carbon in the atmosphere, and that would then lead to that lagging, rising, and lowering temperature. But today, humans have basically unleashed this amount of carbon in the atmosphere in just, you know, a matter of a couple of centuries or even, yeah, even decades for most of it that in the past it would have been millennia uh, to have that kind of a change. So the change is so rapid that it's going to be really disruptive. And whether or not it harms or, or perhaps actually helps life on Earth in general, that disruption is likely to cause... Rapid changes in ecosystems to which many of the ecosystems will have a hard time adapting. And this is likely to destabilize human civilization, which has this niche in this sort of, uh, this, this in, interglacial period, uh, that's, uh, that we're thriving in this particular nation. So as things change really rapidly because of this really rapid, uh, emission of carbon, that Rapid change is what's going to get us. And probably, you know, again, it may be really good for life in the long run to have more carbon and in high, and higher temperatures, but it might basically kill off a lot of humanity.
1: Well, A, I read Griffin's book. And in Griffin, are you still there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just hitting the mute uh, button because had, of the background I've, noise. My phone beeped. I didn't know what happened. Okay, I read Griffin's book. He didn't go into any any causes. He just said, assumed it was true, and then started to catastrophize about it. B, after World War II was the greatest increase in industrial CO2 put in the atmosphere, and nothing happened. The tipping points. These tipping points have been raised every 10 years. And every 10 years, they go past the tipping point, and nothing happens. Uh, I don't buy this, the rapid increase by, by, uh, uh, humans. Uh, when we've had high volcanic periods, the carbon dioxide has gone up and the temperature doesn't, it's not carbon dioxide related. As far as the atmosphere and the water is concerned, uh, they just had that, uh, <coughs> uh, volcano go off. I can't remember the name, Mongo Congo or something like that. And lots of water vapor went in and nothing happened. Uh, I'm, I'm th- These people, They again, this has never happened before. They have no proof that a rapid increase in carbon dioxide or water vapor will cause the demise of humankind. And how is it going to cause the demise of humankind? If the plants are growing better and the temperatures are 100, 100 degrees every day, uh,
0: well, I'll, I'll it's tell you, Jay, that as Griffin says, you know, the, the issues are the rapid changes in the patterns of rain and snowfall. For example, if the Himalayan mountains stop getting the kinds of snows that they're used to, then basically everybody on the Indian subcontinent, or most of them anyway, have to move because they, they don't have the water supply anymore. And there are, you know, all kinds of other it's, examples like it, that.
1: It's no, that, that's all supposition. The Himalayans are not getting less snow. Greenland is getting more snow. Uh, uh, the, the mountains in Africa the, the have retreated, the glaciers have retreated before and come back again. The, there is nothing in this alarmist thing that is actually backed up by facts. And they keep altering the data. They have tried to erase the medieval warm period and say, oh, that never happened. And it was warmer then than it is now. Uh, I'm, I'm not buying all of this stuff. Uh, uh, <clears throat> you, you, they have nothing to prove. Every one of their models is wrong. Every one of them. Not one of their models has ever been proven right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, what, when, I, when uh, I look at it, the weakest their weakest argument is that they seem to just assume that there's this endless positive feedback loop, right? The the CO2 Mm -hmm. evaporates some water, and then, whoa, that warms it even more, and the warmer it gets, the warmer it gets. And, of course, that can't possibly be true, or runaway heating would have turned this into the surface of Venus ages ago. There's got to be a negative feedback factor that kicks in, and one of those obvious factors is cloud formation. You put more water vapor into the air, it forms clouds, and the clouds are white on the top as... People who've flown in commercial aircraft know, and that reflects the sunlight, <laughs> right? Cools things off. So
1: the albedo, right? Right. So, so
0: there, there's a legitimate question about, you know, how if when you're playing with your parameters and making these computer models of the climate, how do you deal with, you know, how much cloud formation is going to cool things down? And there's a legitimate point that maybe they've uh, underestimated that, uh, and in fact they must well, have, uh, right? Because if it, otherwise well, Earth would have cooked a long time ago.
1: Well, the, this, I, who is it? Hansen or ever started this back in like 1969? And he's been protecting the end of the world ever since and it's, it, nothing happens. Uh, and yet they want to re- deindustrialize the world. This is the goal of the Greens in Germany and they've done it. They want to, uh, the, the American Greens want to do the same thing. Uh, and they flat out said it. Uh, who, who's going to, uh, uh, produce the food? Who's gonna, the energy? Uh, Germany this winter, if it's a cold winter, could very well have a lot of frozen people. Uh, they talk about heat killing people. Cold kills more people than heat ever thought of. Uh, Well, that's what my wife told me when
0: when we were in Wisconsin, and so we had to move to Morocco. (laughs) But but, but seriously, Jimmy, what, what do you think about the fact that it wasn't interesting that last winter was ridiculously warm in Europe, and it needed to be? For NATO, because remember that, you know, the U.S. had just turned off Germany's uh, and much of Europe's gas supply, right? I mean, we even went and blew up the Nord Stream pipeline uh, to force them to buy gas, overpriced uh, LP gas from the U.S., and if Europe hadn't had a ridiculously warm winter last year they would have really been in trouble. And I wonder if, if maybe that business about the military owning the weather by 2020 or whatever it was from that memo from the 1990s might have kicked in. Because I, I actually predicted back then as I recall that you know, w- w- what if they're gonna try to make sure that Europe doesn't have that really cold winter. And so actually I wasn't surprised when Europe had, had a very unusually warm winter last year. Do you think that they could be influencing the weather uh, for these kinds of geopolitical reasons?
1: Well, I wouldn't put them past them to try, but I don't think they have that ability. Uh, let's take harp. Everybody likes to talk about harp, and they talk about these billions of watts. But there's a thing called the square law, distance square law. If you double the distance, the energy goes down by a fourth. So if you're me- measuring a billion watts at a mile, at a 100 miles, it's nothing. They just don't have the energy to do it. The sun is Superman and they are uh, rubbing sticks together around a campfire. Uh, I don't buy that. Uh, now they got all the movies and all of that stuff. My favorite one was Geostorm, but you know, we're this, we're talking about the sun, the energy from the sun. Versus uh, something that comes out of a power plant. It's incredibly small. Uh, now, in the future, maybe they can do something. And then they always like to bring up the butterfly effect. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's a misinterpretation of, of how things work. Uh, at any rate, I am not buying it. They, none of their models work. Uh, so why should I b- believe the extrapolations to to where it is? Even this year, NASA and uh, the IPCC, is it, have said there is not a catastrophic weather coming. But the press is still harping on this stuff. And the press, we know, is controlled. It's controlled by Murdoch and other members of the WEF. So uh, I'm not buying this that we're on the edge of a catastrophe or anywhere near it. The catastrophe is going to be if they shut. How are they going to restart all of these coal and oil and gas plants if we really do have an, a, a terribly cold winter? Uh, the, the, a lot of people are going to freeze, and that's where the people are going to die. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that may be what they want. Uh, You mentioned earlier that you, you think there is an actual depopulation policy. I had Kevin Galloway on this show a year and a half, two years ago talking about that. He wrote a book about the depopulation agenda. He claims it's a systematic thing that's been going on since World War II when the victors said, look, we've just had these two horrific world wars based on national competition for resources. We're going to have to temper, you know, nations. and and their autonomy and sovereignty, and we're going to have to face the fact that growing populations with their hunger for resources leading to military competition is what's causing this, and it's going to kill us all if we don't do something about it. So what are we going to do? Well, number one, we're going to work behind the scenes to temper national sovereignty, and then number two, we're going to do all kinds of uh, projects to try to keep the population under control and to try to knock it down a little bit And so Galilee says that this has been going on all over the world. There are all kinds of cases of sterilization chemicals, uh, as well as sterilization programs in the third world. And he thinks that everything from fluoride in the water supply to these plastics that disintegrate and uh, take down sperm counts, all of this is deliberate. And he also thinks that COVID is deliberate as well.
1: Well, COVID is obviously deliberate. OK, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't agree. think there's any doubt left on, on COVID. I think some of this is incidental. The people making these chemicals don't give a shit. They just want to have. Can I say that on your radio? They uh, don't no, wanna... no, I'm
0: sorry. My, my show was just uh, nuked by a drone and we're going to have uh, just kidding. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> OK, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> The, that's one of the reasons they have that uh, war in Niger now, because that's where the drone operators are. Uh, <clears throat> Fortunately, that, that's and, the other side
0: of the Sahara for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of it is plain old greed. Okay? Uh, they don't care about anybody. They immediately poo-poo anything. Like, like uh, uh, what's that Espartame. Uh my father knew Dan Serrell, uh, and who came out with the Aspartame, and they said, Oh, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But, you know, they ignored all of the tests. And, and now they recognize Aspartame is a big health problem. Uh, and these plastics, you know, they don't care. They don't care who they kill. Uh, uh, it, it, it is absurd that, uh, well, they, they def, they defanged the EPA and uh rearmed it against uh the, the uh, uh people who don't believe in the uh global warming. Uh <clears throat> it I think that the high muckety mucks might well want to depopulate. First of all, they don't want all of these third world countries becoming first world and competing with them for resources. Two they're not white. Uh, they, they want to preserve their white culture, and, and uh, they don't want uh, the Muslim culture. They don't want the Indian culture. They don't want the Chinese culture taken over, and that's where it's heading. Because it, it, Okay, populations, all right. <clears throat> the idea that the populations are going to run away is being proven wrong right now. The most credible studies I've read say that the world population will peak before the end of this century. Uh, They're talking about peaking in 2050 to 2070. Rich people don't want all these kids. The people who want all the kids are the poor people because they use the kids to make money, uh, and they don't have money. So they're the ones that are most against uh, child labor laws. And have the most kids, but once they have money, they don't have to take care of fourteen screaming kids. They don't have to feed and clothe them, and and they want to go out and party, or they and the women want to go to work. Uh, they don't want to be baby factories and and uh, uh, house cleaners. Uh, so the overpopulation is not really something to be worried about. Now that doesn't mean that the people in power don't want to stop. Uh, Africa. I mean, you know, when my father was a big game hunter, and they used to say the savior of Africa was the tsetse fly. They said the tsetse fly stopped the Africans from having cattle, and so it kept them poor and uh, meatless. Uh, And, you know, they loved Africa as their hunting preserve, where they went to hunt big game. Uh, And I, I think the Also, uh, they want poor countries so that they can exploit the, the resources. The whole point of the British Empire was that you couldn't have, and one of the reasons the United States revolted, was that you couldn't have factories if you were part of the British Empire except in Great Britain. But you could produce all the raw materials that they wanted and ship them. To Great Britain, and you had to compete with all the other people making those materials. So it kept the prices low. Uh, And you certainly heard and read the books about economic hitmen, how they would go into other countries and destroy their economies. Yeah, I
0: had John Perkins on the show a couple of times 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. it may not be, oh, we're going to – what? the king of England said he wanted to reduce the world population to 500 million, <laughs> uh, the current king.
0: Uh, Didn't he say he? that's how he wanted to be reincarnated, was this as, as some kind of a virus to kill off yes. all the others?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> reduce the population to 500 million. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it would be like the world would be their big uh, echo uh, hunting preserve park. Uh, and the other people, the people in these, uh, agrarian co- country. You show me an agrarian country, I'll show you a poor country. Uh, the United States is not an agrarian country anymore. They went from in the thirties or before, to 90% before that, 90% of the people were, uh, working on the farm till after the industrial revolution, only 5%, maybe 2% now are working on the farm. We have a lot of agriculture culture in the United States, but it's not really an agrarian economy. You go to Africa or Ukraine or places like well, – anyway, where they're having to actually do it by hand and they're actually making their own food, growing it, they're poor people. Uh, the United States financial uh, system, Wall Street, forced all of the manufacturing to leave the United States, and they wanted it anyway because they hated the unions. Uh, and go to Europe because they thought, well, we'll just have the finances there and control it. But they have deindustrialized the United States already and they're trying to do it even more. Uh, <clears throat> China now has all the industrial capacity and, uh, it's, it's, they're, are eating our lunch. Uh, uh, this, the, the recent uh, computer chip thing fiasco. Uh, oh, we're going to force the Chinese and we're going to have a union of other countries that force the Chinese, uh, uh <clears throat> to not make, to, to buy our computer chips. That doesn't work. Uh, uh, it's, it, the Chinese said, okay, fine. We're not going to send you the rare earths and minerals you need to make chips. <laughs> so it, it, they, they don't think things through. They're, they still have a cowboy mentality. They shoot from the hip. We're the big guy on the street. you don't know what we do, we're going to sanction you. We're going to uh, bankrupt you, et cetera, et cetera. And it's obviously not working anymore. The Russian economy went up. Europe, UK, United uh, went down. The United States. I don't believe the figures, but it's certainly not rising at the same rate as the rest of the uh, uh, as the uh, Russians and the Chinese. So well, well uh,
0: actually, Jimmy. The gap between the Chinese growth rate and the American and Western growth rate has narrowed massively thanks to COVID. And this leads to my question about our interpretations of COVID. One, There are two overarching alternative uh, interpretations of why COVID was manufactured and released. Uh, One is... The depopulation agenda that I mentioned earlier, and certainly we have seen uh, a decrease in population—a pretty slight one—but even now there's this unexplained sort of twenty percent plus uh, mortality increase in working age people. That's hard to explain. You're
1: talking about what they have a term for that? Uh, something about unexpected deaths or the mortality? I forget the name of the. Yeah, term, well, there's excess but, ex- excess ex- mortality. Ex- yeah. Excess death. Yeah, excess yeah, we're
0: seeing a slightly over 20% excess mortality overall uh, since COVID. And it can't easily be explained by COVID itself. There's a big debate about it. Many blame the vax. But anyway, that's one interpretation of COVID plus vax is that the whole thing was about uh, depopulation, both removing some of the useless eaters, especially the old folks with COVID, and then impeding the fertility of the younger folks and maybe killing a few of them as well. Uh, so that's one interpretation. Another interpretation, and one that I'm actually, uh, I, I think there's more evidence behind it, and that is the biological warfare against China hypothesis. Now, Ron Unz has done the best work on this, and that argument is that the gap in growth rates between China, which was averaging a double-digit economic growth uh, increase per year uh, since uh-huh. 1980s, I think it was, versus the West and the U.S. with, you know, maybe 2 or 3% growth, that gap is the biggest national security problem for the U.S. And so clearly at some point the American, um, you know, the, what, the think tanks that are tasked with trying to figure out how to deal with these kinds of national security threats would say, well, you know, if you had a virus that forced China to lock down, you could not only cripple their economy... And reduce that uh, gap in growth rates, but you could also start the process of decoupling the Western economies from China, which we're going to have to do to basically push back against this Chinese growth towards becoming the world's most powerful country. So in any case, COVID under that uh, interpretation would have been a U.S. biological attack on China. Uh, the Wuhan lab would have been put there by American money to provide a plausible patsy to get, you know, blame China for COVID, just like they blame the Muslims for 9-11. And if that was indeed the purpose of COVID, it's actually worked pretty well, because China is down from double digit growth to like four point something percent growth, which is just slightly more than the U.S., like 3 percent growth. So. The gap in growth rates has been massively reduced, and I would argue that that's most likely the real purpose of the COVID biological attack on China, and that the people who did it probably were fully aware that there was a possibility it would blow back and hit the whole world, and that that still would overall benefit the West and the U.S. in their efforts to contain China economically.
1: Well, uh, okay, uh, it's very complex, all right? One, the thing about high growth rates is they're never sustainable. You have diminishing returns. So the Chinese rate was bound to come down anyway. Two, the Chinese went into real estate. Now the Chinese initial growth rate spurts was from manufacturing. They had all of the world's manufacturing there. Well, not all, but you know, a huge percentage of it. And so that's where real economic advantage comes from manufacturing but then they said well we want to have all these you know they needed better housing i mean i was there in the 80s and they were just starting but the housing still was pretty bad so they needed more housing but then they go into these fancy skyscrapers and architectural things that really don't produce any value and then the uh, Americans, BlackRock and I think Eve uh, J.P. Morgan, one of those guys, uh, uh, went in there and they encourage more and more real estate development. Well, <clears throat> that also is always a bubble and uh, it has to burst because they just don't have that many more companies needing commercial real estate and, uh, the, uh, people, once they have housing, they don't have to buy something else. So I'm not sure about that. So there's, there's more than one factor at play here. Now, did the United States want to take China down? I think there's no doubt about that. They want to take Russia down. There's no doubt about that. They're not real happy about India, but they need India as an offset to China. So they're helping India. Uh, <clears throat> but they don't want, huge populations opposing the West. And right now, three-quarters of the world's population is in Asia. <laughs> and Africa is now starting to come up because they, they're they also getting built in.
0: Well, Africa's the last so, place with a really high population growth rate.
1: Right, but that's also got the poorest population and the people use their children as labor, free labor. Uh, but that's That'll come down, too, if they once they start to make money. Once they start to be richer, rather. Uh, the food supply is, is also uh, <clears throat> over-catastrophized. There is still a lot of arable land in the world, and especially with the new techniques. So I, I don't see it. Now, if you want fish, uh, that could be a problem, but they're doing the fish farming now. The, the, the wild fish are... Really under a lot of pressure. And the Chinese and the Japanese are are big in there. So at at any rate, uh, I I certainly wouldn't discount the fact that one of the people who did the Wuhan, Wuhan thing, some of the people who did the Wuhan thing wanted to hurt China. But on that as well, China shot itself in the foot. They didn't have to have all those lockdowns. Uh, they did it, you know, nobody went over there and forced them to have all well, this. Well, wait a, a minute, though. They,
0: if they knew they were under biological attack, uh, they would tend to overreact naturally, wouldn't they?
1: Well, they definitely overreacted. Uh, and, and so, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> they did. This this is the fact.
0: And, and that would have been and, gamed out by the people that did the, the Wuhan attack. They would have said, you know, China's going to figure out they're under bioattack. attack. They're going to lock down real hard. We have intelligence on in what they would do in this scenario. They're going to lock down hard. It's going to take down their economy, and we will lock right, down that, less that, hard. That, that, we'll lose a lot of old homes. people, which is good for us. <laughs>
1: you know. Well, this is another thing. Like all those nursing homes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this that's the single biggest drag. The I'm, I'm, and they and they put them <laughs> on all those economies. iron lungs, uh, r- yeah. r- respiratory machines, which killed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and, and remember, the, big, the, biggest drag,
0: the biggest drag on Western economies is that Uh, growing population of boomer retirees. And so COVID actually helped the Western efforts to keep their economic growth competitive with China by taking out all of these retirees. It's almost as if they planned it that Uh, way, and I think they probably did. I
1: I don't think it helped our economic growth, but it did take away the drag. And all of those people were going into Social Security, Medicare, yada, yada, yada. So they were a drag. But I don't think it helped. It's like it made it less were bad, but it didn't actually help. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, COVID thing. Uh, well, I said the lockdowns. So there was something else I wanted to say about the. the oh, the COVID thing. Uh, <clears throat> it wasn't COVID that killed everybody. It was the lockdowns and the and the uh, vaccines. Uh, COVID really didn't kill that many more people. If you look at the deaths during COVID. The flu went away. There was no deaths from flu. Everything was COVID. But if you add the two together, the number of deaths really didn't go up that much. Uh, there was no huge killing of people except in, like you were talking about, the old people's homes and and places like that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it was a well thought out plan but it tricked or lured or the Chinese on their own decided to do all the lockdowns, and then the rest of the world copied those lockdowns. And, and the kids are still suffering. I was reading an article today. The kids don't want to go back to school. Uh, uh, the parents have don't like uh, this uh, woke stuff that's going on in the schools. They don't want their kids to go back to school. They like having them at home, doing their learning at home, but they're not learning as much. So the, 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 the ramifications of the lockdowns is far worse than COVID. Uh, moreover, uh, well, we also have a water supply problem in the world. And that's actually more of a problem than food. Uh, <clears throat> we, the, the Middle East, you know, a lot of people say the Israeli Palestine, uh, Syria, all of that stuff was about water. And, uh, other places in the world are having the same problem. The United States has a water problem now. So not so much food, but I think that they might have said, Hey, we're running out of water. Let's get rid of people. I, I, these people at the top, you know, it was like, uh, in the Great Depression, uh, uh JP Morgan and, and, uh, rock, not Rockefeller, the other banker, Mellon, uh, they said, you know, they intentionally, shut down the United States economy and uh, uh, <clears throat> they didn't care, they didn't care, they just wanted more money and and, and we're seeing the same thing now uh, with all of these commercial real estate is a disaster and it's going to stay a disaster, it's a disaster in China because everybody overbuilt say, oh, we'll just keep going, going, going. They don't think any farther away than the next quarterly earnings.
0: Well, so, so I, I, how, how is this going to manifest in the American political system where a lot of Trump support comes from people who kind of see a lot of what you're talking about and are angry about it but maybe not quite as clear-headed and well-informed about it as you are, uh, and Trump may end up running for office from prison like Eugene Debs did, as, as Ron Unz recently wrote in his, his article on this uh, crazy situation where the, the, the Democratic overreach against Trump could backfire and lead to, you know, what, what happens when the constitutional crisis erupts with the president, uh, you know, or candidate winning uh, from prison?
1: Well, I, I'm not clear on this constitutionality, but I believe you cannot arrest the president anyway, that anything he does, you can impeach him, but you can't actually criminally arrest him when he's in power. Uh it's, it's going to be a, a, a nasty thing. But the, the fact of the matter is, if they convict Trump, and as I said on the Miami obstruction of justice charges, I think they have a case. They, they also have a case on the documents. But since they haven't enforced them on the other presidents, th- th- there may be the equal protection. But see, these,
0: ju- these juries are coming from anti-Trump places, right? So they could probably convict him for spitting on the sidewalk and, and execute him for it.
1: They could convict him, but they. Uh, the I think the case on January 6 will get thrown out, and uh, I think uh, he, uh, the other the case on the sex thing doesn't matter. Uh, they're not going to put him in jail for that, uh, <clears throat> and uh, the, you know the the only important one is Miami, and the juries down there are more favorable to Trump than the ones in D.C. and New York.
0: Interesting. So he's got a more favorable jury, most likely, uh, in the case with the best case against him. And he's got the yeah. really, you know, anti-Trump juries in these really weak cases. So, I mean, that could go either way.
1: Well, like I said, uh, let's take January 6th. That's the one I've read the, late, uh, the latest on.
0: Okay. We only have about two minutes be- here.
1: Okay, the January 6th case is going to get thrown out of court at some level. They may convict him at the jury level, but then the appeals and definitely the Supreme Court will throw it out. Uh, In Miami, Trump is guilty of taking documents and not mishandling secret documents. This is absolutely true, but they have equal protection. So I think that part will get kicked out. The obstruction of justice in Miami he is guilty, and it's an entirely different thing. They always prosecute obstruction of justice. The other cases, uh, the, the tax case, that's bullshit. Department of Language too. that's going to get nowhere. Uh, uh, <clears throat> he mishandled some documents. They made it 38 counts or whatever. But I, again, that one's not going to work. His only real threat is Miami, and that's where he's got the best jury pool.
0: Interesting. So do you think he'll end up winning the election?
1: If it's Biden versus him, yeah. Now, if it's RFK Jr. against him, maybe not.
0: And and what chance does RFK Jr. have when the Democratic establishment is so dead set against him?
1: I think RFK Jr. and Trump may follow RFK Jr.'s uh, uh, relatives, (laughs) get shot.
0: <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> so he he has a shot at the White House and also a shot at being shot.
1: Uh, how can you put it away? Put you know they ob- RFK Sr. RFK Sr. was shot in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: Saran. Saran was in front. That, you know? it, Kennedy was shot by three or four gunmen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind
0: of amazing how the actual autopsy, (laughs) proved that, and yet nobody in the mainstream media noticed. Well, we'll have to cover that elsewhere because it's the end of the hour. Thank you so much, Jimmy Walter. Uh, Keep up the great work, and I look forward to bringing you back on.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Glad to be here. Bye.
0: Okay, bye. That's Jimmy Walter, real 9-11 truth hero, back in the second hour with Irish journalist John Waters. (laughs) FreedomSoul.com. We'll be right back.